Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. So I was chatting actually with some of you at Friendsgiving. We were talking about our experience of time. Uh, and the feeling, maybe one to which you can relate, the feeling that like uh, those moments or seasons in life where time, it, it feels like it moves really slowly, right? You're just like the grind of the moment that you're in. And I think this applies probably to any number of seasons in life, right? Like, um, uh, but that feeling in which when you're in the moment, it just feels like it moves really slowly. But then when you're out of it sometimes and you look back, you're like, man, how the time has flown, right? And that, that sort of um, experience of, of time in, in these ways. And, and I want to suggest to you this morning, so Advent starts next Sunday. Uh, this morning is kind of a, we'll call it a, 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 a prelude. We'll call it a prelude, an overture. We've been listening to lots of musicals with my kids, right? And uh, or we, were, we were watching a Disney movie recently, and uh, it was an old one, and the overture music played, and all the credits are on the front end. You guys remember when that's the way movies used to work? My kids were like, what is going on, right? Like, like what, what, why is this taking so long? Well, well, hopefully you don't feel that way this morning. But, uh, but this, I, do, I do think uh, this morning I, I want to offer it to us as a kind of a prelude. Uh, for the season of Advent. And I think that season of Advent is, is helpful. It's the beginning of the church calendar, the church year, um, uh, the sort of the rhythm of, of life as Christ followers in community. Uh, but the season of Advent, I think, and, and all really church, the church seasons, help us with that kind of feeling that we were talking about at Friendsgiving, that feeling of like, Maybe in, in the moment, we're kind of nose down just for whatever reason. We're kind of focused on, you know, we're just trying to get to what is next. And sometimes in those moments, it can be uh, hard to maintain perspective. And I feel like the rhythms of the life of the church, as we'll see this morning, I hope, again by prelude, sort of pull us out of that for just a moment and help situate us in, 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 by, by way of reminder that, that God, is, God is at work in the world. And he's at work in the details of my life, even when I can't see it. Uh, and and he's, it just broadens, I think, our view. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that this morning... Uh, we convey that as we will over the next uh, few weeks of the of the Advent season. So our theme for the next few weeks is actually going to be the songs of the season, right? And you guys, you can, you can guess, we're going to have lots of fun chat about all your favorite Christmas carols. Um, uh, but we're going to look at Luke's gospel, where actually in his telling of the story of Jesus, uh, he includes uh, uh, several songs uh, that are a part of, of that recounting of, of the coming of Christ, his advent. And so we're going to look at that. But this morning, by prelude, by way of prelude again, we're way back in the story in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, in, in, what, uh, in a section of scripture that is also a, a, a collection of songs. They're, they're known as the songs of the suffering servant uh, towards the end of Isaiah. And uh, Rachel, which she read for us today, takes us to Isaiah 49. Uh, and again, I think in this prelude, we will hear themes that will come up again as we step into the songs of the season. Songs that I hope, while they may be unique to the Christmas story in Scripture, we will discover songs that, that uh, can resonate with us and our world, what, what, whatever the season. So that's where uh, we're headed, and uh, I hope it is clear uh, as we sit with Scripture this morning. So uh, again, we're in the Old Testament book of Isaiah for just a moment. We just wrapped up First Peter, been, been there for a while. And again, I think maybe you'll, you'll pick up on some themes that are similar, but uh, to just sort of set the context a little bit. So you, you, the story, like where, where is Isaiah in the story 
in, in, the, in the story uh, uh, that we're headed into in Advent. Well, uh, so Isaiah comes really late in the story of the Old Testament, right? We, we've been, one of the musicals we've been listening to is Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, and it's been a blast. Uh, but it's been fun for us as a family. It sort of prompted some conversation, stepping into some of these stories uh, in, in the beginnings of Scripture. Uh, God calling Abraham and raising up a family and Jacob and, and naming him Israel and, and, uh, and then Joseph and into Egypt and then the Exodus with Moses. So we've been kind of recounting, reliving some of these stories. And um, uh, our passage in Isaiah finds us on the tail end of that really long Old Testament story. So that beautiful work of God kind of choosing and raising up a people and things going very sideways, very quickly. This, many of you guys have been reading through the Old Testament, right? Like uh, the story of judges and then you get to the kings and, and uh, God working. You get to King David, this beautiful picture maybe of a hopeful future and things yet still seem to go sideways. And the kingdom divides and then the Assyrians show up and the Babylonians and you get to Isaiah. It's a period of exile. God's people have been displaced and much like, again, themes we heard in First Peter uh, and, 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 and Isaiah into this sort of moment of um, disruption writes. And much of his letter or much of his writing uh, prior to the moment that we were read this morning uh, by Rachel, much of it is filled with judgment. Uh, God sort of just... <laughs> Laying it on, right, for the people of Israel and their waywardness and laying it on to the nations for their mistreatment, right, their abuse of, of the people and the people groups around them. And uh, this moment, this song comes at a moment on the heels of all of that. How is that for a Cliff's Notes summary of uh, the entire Old Testament timeline, right? Uh, I could take a little longer, but I think, I think I'll just leave it. So Isaiah makes a turn here, and, and there's a change sort of in tone towards restoration and hope and redemption, that God uh, is doing something. Isaiah, it, this song is full of anticipation. It's really full of, of hope, okay? He's writing to a group of people who have blown it. They've disrupted their sort of role in the world and their, rela or their relationship with God, and consequently their role in the world to be a conduit of, of his goodness to even the nations who are different from them around him. And so these suffering, uh, these songs of the suffering servant appear as a kind of hopeful, God is going to raise someone up who will, who will uh, fulfill that role in a way that Israel and God's people since have continued to blow it. And uh, again, I don't think it's hard. We don't have to use our imaginations very much to, to, to consider all the ways in which we as the people of God and those before us have, have sort of missed, missed it when it comes to how we uh, express God's goodness to the world. And so it's into this moment that Isaiah writes what uh, Rachel read for us today, this beautiful song, painting a picture of a servant. The other songs uh, will go on to uh, capture in this servant an image that may be surprising as you think about, man, God's going to deliver his people. All of the images that might come to mind are, are sort of contradicted in, in, at times in, in these songs, that he would suffer, that he would uh, lay his life down, that, that there is a humility, a suffering that comes with it. Again, a theme that resonates with much of what we read in Peter and brings us all the way to, to this moment, this hopeful expectation that uh, as we step into Advent, that God would raise up one that might surprise us. He will be a suffering servant, and yet it's precisely through that person that God will work hope and life uh, into the world. Brings us to uh, the song we read this morning. And, and I think uh, the opening note, right, if there were like a dun, 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 well, that's a little too dramatic. Maybe we want something more hopeful. I, I don't know what that wants to be, but uh, with this sort of opening chord that will, uh, I hope, reverberate throughout the season of Advent, I think it's sort of at the end, uh, uh, the second verse here, 
of our reading. Uh, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. I will make you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Um, I, I, I really just want to make kind of just one observation. Uh, maybe pull you into a little bit, uh, you know, I'm, we're not going to like the fancy sort of seminary word, exegete the passage. We're, we're, uh, we could sort of dig into all the details. That's not quite where we're going to go this morning. I just want to kind of pull you into a bit of sort of how, how this passage is sort of, um, I don't know, uh, percolating, uh, disrupting, or, or is messing with me just a little bit. And uh, I hope it speaks a bit of grace to you. But uh, just the first observation as we do, I just want to, we, we make this point repeatedly, but I want to make it again. The passage starts with, and now the Lord says, and then you get this description of, of, of the nature of the one who is speaking. And what Isaiah stresses here in this song, uh, the Lord speaking to his faithful servant, uh, wrapped up in here, right? You said, we get this description of him. You can read it. He, the one, I'm the one who you know, formed me, uh, the servant, in the womb to be a servant, to bring back Jacob, sort of this representative of the people of Israel, his people, to bring them back to himself, um, uh, right? My, the Lord, my God, my strength. So you get this description uh, of God, the one calling this servant. And I just want to make the observation here that it, of all the things that are probably wrapped up in this passage, one is God's forethought, that it is God's initiative. It's a point we try to make repeatedly, but that uh, whatever follows, right? So as we're going to spend the rest of our time sort of in the second half of that verse, that it's just important to know that what follows is an express sort of plan, purpose, intention, design of God, that he has been at work. He formed this servant. This was, this, this was his initiative and his work uh, in bringing uh, life and hope to the world, which I, I, I'll just tell you, as I sat with it, I'm, I, again, I think sort of what I expect to follow, uh, certainly probably what Isaiah's first hearers would have expected to follow uh, is not quite what follows, um, which brings me to sort of the point that has sort of stuck in my crawl, crawl, isn't that a phrase? That's an idiom. I don't know. That it's just it's the, the, the burr, spur in my shoe. I don't know. I'll move on, right? But uh, there's a phrase in this passage, and it's, it's, it's the one here at the beginning of verse 6. It is too small a thing. Right? So this is God speaking to a servant, and he says to him, it is too small a thing that I should raise you up just to bring my people home. It is too small a thing. Instead, he says, we're just going to blow the doors off this thing. I'm going to bring the nations. My good news is going to reach the ends of, of the earth. It's that phrase that, that I think is really hopeful, but it has also kind of messed with me uh, a little bit. Um, as, I'll just, as your pastor, as I think about what it means to be the church, for us to be the church in Overland Park, for us to be a part of the church in the world. Um, and uh, I just, I want to sit with it for a minute. It is too small a thing, God says. All right, so this is God redeeming his chosen people. The whole story of the Old Testament about his chosen people. We get hints of like, this is for the world, but you're like, this is really about your chosen people. And God says, I'm going to raise him up. It's too small a thing for us to limit what I want to do to just the people of Jacob. I'm going to, I'm going to blow the doors off this thing. So uh, I, 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 uh, you guys know there are hiking trails, Shawnee Mission Park, right, right over here. There's about 10 miles, I think, of like single track uh, through the woods. You can ride your bike. I think you can ride a horse. I don't know. I'm unclear when that's allowable and when it's not. I really want to, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I've never run into one. I'll say that, but uh, there are horses on the signs. But occasionally I like to sort of step into, just kind of step out of, you know, the grind of the time of the moment that I'm in and, and just sort of 
and I don't want to over-spiritualize it. Sometimes I pray. Most of the time I just kind of, I don't know what I do, but my mind wanders. And, uh, but, but I have caught myself a few times, right? So I'll go, I'll go for a long walk and, um, you know, I'm, I find myself, I'm just like, doom, 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 doom. You know, I got to walk as far as I can in the amount of time that I have so that I can just say that I went as far as I could. And I'm like, whoa, it takes a conscious, like, just stop. That's not why I'm here, right? Just slow down for a moment, right? Look up, observe the world around, like breathe a little slower, Matt. There's no like, I know Garmin is trying to convince me that I need to maximize my step count on this excursion, right? But that's not why I'm here. And, and so uh, I was on one of these walks recently and, and was thinking uh, again, you know, as we step into the beginning of the year for the uh, church calendar, I was thinking about us as a church, as a community. It's been a wild year uh, for the world. Uh, I'll be candid with you. I have at times wrestled with uh, God have, 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 have we spoken uh, the gospel clear enough um, and uh, in a way that is, you have called us to uh, in, in relation to all the things in the world. Because I think if I'm going to follow Christ, it has implications for all of those places. And I don't know. And so I was walking, kind of processing all this, thinking about this moment and uh, this passage of scripture. And I, I just, uh, I just the, the phrase, right, that it's too small a thing. It's too small a thing, God says, for me to limit my work uh, to, to the people uh, of Jacob and Isaiah. But, but I was walking, and maybe this has been your experience, right? If, if you know, some of you guys have probably been hiking in Denver, like where it's legit in the Rockies, or some of us in the beautiful, smoky Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, on the East Coast. Maybe you've just been in Shawnee Mission Park with me trying to avoid the horses. I don't know. But I think in all those places, maybe you know the experience. When, when you're kind of in, in an environment like that, you're walking, you kind of have, have to look down right? You, you have to pay attention to the next couple steps because the ground is so uneven that I, I, I want to just like take it all in, but I'll, I'll end up on my face, right? If, if, uh, particularly if I'm like power walking through the woods, right? Um, so, so there's this pull in me that, that like, I know I'm sort of stepping out to kind of enjoy all of this, but, uh, I have to kind of like, whew, I end up staying focused on the ground right in, in front of me. And, and as I was kind of walking this week and I'm thinking about, uh, that experience, I thought, man, that, this feels like Isaiah. It's too small a thing. It's too small a thing, right? Like, I, I, we are pulled towards kind of like just what's close, what's immediate, what's right in front. And, and, and in this passage, God, I, I feel him sort of nudging us, man, it's too small a thing. He's like, let me, let's, let me help you. Just look up for a moment and kind of take in sort of all of this. And if it's, you know, if you're the Rockies, man, maybe it's this, if you're in Shawnee Mission Park, you know, it is look at beautiful, I don't know what the landmarks are, are over there, but uh, right, that, but there's this sort of pull that we want to kind of uh, look, an invitation from God to kind of, man, uh, you have too small a view of things. Let me help, let me help broaden uh, that vision. And I think that resonates uh, with us on a number of levels. I think it could, it could resonate sort of individually with you. Maybe you're in a moment of life, right? That uh, it's just like, man, Matt, it's really hard to look up right now. I mean, I am just sort of nose to the grind. Um, like I'm doing all I can just to sort of make the next uh, step. And maybe, I mean, that, that moment could feel that way for all kinds of reasons. Maybe it's big things like illness or grief or um, lingering things you've been processing or dealing with. Maybe it's just the rhythm and routine of sort of daily life and responsibility. Whatever that moment is, I think we can hear this invitation. It's too small a thing as a reminder. Man, uh, God's world is very big, and I'm in it and a part of it. And he can pull my attention up to remember that he's at work. One of the ways we want to do that with you, so uh, maybe you noticed when you came in, we, we got Advent cards again this year, right? 
Thanks to uh, Emily for helping us create these beautiful things. But here's what we hope they are for you. We, we want you to take one as you leave. They are for you. Um, uh, take one for your home. And, uh, but, but here's what, the exercise this year. Uh, on the back of each card, it's, you know, we're going to count down the days till Christmas, starting with December 1st. It's just a scripture verse. Uh, the space to write it out or some portion of it. And uh, maybe you as a family, maybe let your kids color on the back. I, I don't know what that looks like. But, uh, but all of this as an effort to pull us into uh, the songs of Advent that, uh, man, we hear God say again when, when we are tempted to just, I just got to do what I can to get by, to hear him say again, it's too small a thing. I'm at work in the world, and that includes you. So I think it has application in our individual lives. And I would encourage you, we, we, these are for you. Take them. We'll have them again next week. And then December 1st, you'll be, you'll be all set. Um, but I, I think in Isaiah, it has a much like broader application. Uh, as, a, as a much broader application. If I had to sort of try to put it in my own words this morning, here's how I would put it to you. Um, right, that in Isaiah as our narrow as our focus sort of narrows in on Jesus um, in this case the suffering servant as Isaiah zeroes in our attention focuses you and me on, on in this case we, we know now to be a reference a picture of Jesus as our, as our focus narrows on Jesus we find that our reach uh, broadens that our life opens up, right? That the, the movement here is like, as we focus in on the person of Jesus, what, where we might expect things to kind of get smaller, we find in the passage, they get, they get remarkably more expansive. Like as our focus zeroes in on the person and work of Jesus, where he draws us is light to the nations and the end, ends of the earth. And, and I think, I, I, again, as I, again, this is just me, right? This, uh, I think sometimes we get it very, very backwards that uh, we think the more we look at Jesus, sort of the closer we have to circle the wagons and, and the circles in our lives get very uh, tight. Uh, we we kind of, we, we want to pull things in. Uh, culturally in the church, I think that's oftentimes for all kinds of reasons, maybe it's anger or fear, or defensiveness or defense of our own sort of kind of righteousness. But we, I just, I thought it feels like the Pharisees. We want to kind of inflate our own sense of security. And so we, we, we kind of circle the wagons, like we, we, we circle the wagons in real tight, real tight. But the pattern in Isaiah, interestingly to me, again, it's not what you would expect, that as we focus more narrowly upon Jesus, he just kind of expands the reach of his gracious goodness in the world. A light, it's a very different song, right? A light to the nations, uh, reaching to the end of the earth, he says. This song, actually, specifically in Isaiah, will be picked up again in Luke's gospel. We'll see it in a few weeks. One of the figures in, in the story of Jesus' birth will, will literally, uh, his focus will so narrow, he'll be holding the baby Jesus in his arms, focused singularly on the person of the infant Jesus, God incarnate in his arms. He will look at him, and in that moment, we'll go to this passage of Scripture, and his view of God's work in the world will just grow. It won't shrink. It won't circle in. It, it'll... It'll become expansive. It seems to me, again, I know the pull, the cultural pull uh, of so many things in our life want to pull us in, in, a, in a different direction. But I just, I want us to hear again the words of God. It is too small a thing. I, I know, I'll confess to you, church, I know that my view is often too, too small. And here Jesus, uh, this picture of Jesus, Isaiah gives us, nudges me uh, 
that Jesus' reach stretches much, much further than I am often comfortable imagining. That if we're honest, probably, right? If we're honest, probably it is an uncomfortable thought to think that Jesus' reach crosses geographical lines, ethnic lines. I mean, he uses the word nation. That, that is a loaded word, even in scripture, but, but it has geographical implications. It has political implications. It has ethnic implications, cultural implications. And here Isaiah is giving us this image, this picture of the one whom God would raise up. And, and as he focuses our attention on him, what we find is, is his reach sort of stretches beyond all these uh, lines and markers that honestly we kind of want to sharpen and define and, uh, and zero them in. And God in this moment is, is saying, my salvation will reach to the end of the earth. I think sometimes in response to this, we, we kind of take it and think, okay, that's great. So, well, that's fine. I'm okay with that as long as as it grows, it continues to look like me right? That, that as it grows across all these lines, that's okay to a point as long as uh, like it, it looks like me once that goodness arrives. And I don't, I don't think we see that. Uh, even as you continue to read Isaiah, God will talk about a road between Egypt and like they'll be kind of going back and forth. Like it, there's this, like all of these lines are kind of preserved and yet somehow God works in them and draws people to the individual work of his son. You're like, man, Matt, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, what's this got to do with me and Overland Park? What's it got to do with Park City? I just want to tell you as your pastor, I, I am like, uh, I don't know. I want God to work this into our community. Our, our vision here, you know, we, we, we use things like, uh, we, we say things like, we want to be a place where your life intersects God's grace. And the implication there is that regardless of how long you've known Christ or how little, wherever you are in that journey, that all of us, we never outstrip our need for his grace to intervene. And so every week we want to pull, we want to pull everyone back to that. We want your life to intersect his grace because we, there is this conviction, I think, that, like, that the, 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 the more we intersect, uh, the, the more that our attention focuses on Jesus, knowing and following him, intersecting with the grace of God that we find there, the result of that will be him forming us into a people who welcome and serve others. That, 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 he, that he broadens, right? That, that he helps us hear again, it is too small a thing. That his work has reached into places that I can't see. Uh, his work has reaches into places that I, I have a hard time um, accepting or uh, visualizing, right? That, that his, his, his work as he focuses our attention on Jesus, crosses all these uh, spaces. So uh, I, I, I want to, uh, again, just invite us in, as a church, again, prayerfully, as you think about what does God's grace look like in your life, I want us to kind of hold this passage as we step into the season. Here, to hear God, I, I just want him to be more expansive. I want my understanding, my view of his grace and his work, his care for the world to be larger than it uh, currently is. I, I'm going to leave you with one more image and we're going to close with a song. Uh, we, we uh, I got twin daughters who are nine and uh, breakfast looks different occasionally, right? We go through seasons. We lived with yogurt for a while, right? I'm, you're getting more information than you want about our breakfast habits, but uh, 
we're here, so I'm going to go for it. Uh, cinnamon rolls have been a, a regular sort of weekend staple. Uh, but here lately during the week, uh, you know, we like breakfast, sausage, um, weird. I, I, I'm like, you need some context here. Where's like the eggs and the toast? It's like, nope, 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 we're good. I'm like, okay. Um, but bagels, bagels. Any bagel fans? Yeah? Meh, right? Uh, well, if I, did, if I didn't lose your bagels, some of you all lose it the next bit here. But uh, the, way, the way my kids have been taking their bagels is with just we lather on the butter, right? This is not a sustainable life habit, I know. But, uh, and the honey, right? The honey. Butter and honey. You guys are like, sign me up. <laughs> and uh, this has been, we're here lately, this uh, latest sort of run. This has sort of been a regular uh, interesting thing, though, right? You guys can probably see where this is going, but uh, it's funny. So we, it's a shared space in the home. We'll eat breakfast at this table, but then later in the day, I'll uh, plop the laptop down. I'll do some work, or we'll sit down to color together. Occasionally, we'll play cards at this on this surface. And uh, since we have made the, the jump to honey bagels, right, man, every, every day, every time, I sit down, and I sit down to work, and I'm like, why is my elbow so sticky, Right? Right? Or we're playing cards and I'm trying to like shuffle a deal. I'm like, what, what is, what is going, this is disgusting, really, right? Uh, you, you know why, right? Because it just, the honey is just like, it's delicious, but gets everywhere. It's messy, it lingers, right? Uh, so throughout the day, I try to, I'd like to think I'm very pious and I think, oh God, thank you for my children, right? Uh, that's probably not what happens, right? <laughs> yeah, clean it off and. Or just, or, or really, I just kind of circle it so I know where it is, and just kind of move over. I'm like working on the table. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's, here's like, man, you should clean, right? I'm probably so. I, I, I think I'm gonna leave us with, with that image uh, when we hear what God says it will look like when He sends His Son. That He will be a light to the nations. That it is too small a thing for Him to come just for this particular group that he will be a light to the nations. This salvation will reach to the end of the earth because here's, I don't know, my hunch is like that kind of view of God's work is really messy. It's just messy. Sometimes harder to define, harder to delineate. And, uh, but, but I, I wonder if that's the way he works. Sticky, messy, right? Like it, 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 it just gets everywhere that once his salvation on an individual level, once his salvation touches our lives, it just, it sticks to our relationships and our attitudes and our resources and our finances and our prejudices and our passions and our careers. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't want to be contained. It just kind of, it, it's messy. It spreads. But I think even on a much, much larger scale, this is the picture we get of God working through his uh, incarnate in the flesh, working through his son, uh, a light to the nations. And it's too small a thing. Man, I don't know. We haven't said everything there is to say about it, but I'm just pulling you into the way my mind works. I'll keep processing it, and uh, hopefully you will too. Will you guys stand? Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.